0: Welcome back to Radio Brews News, the podcast of many tastes. And as ever, I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, uh, executive producer, Tong Master, uh, presenter extraordinaire, Pete Mitchum. Pete, we're almost regular once again.
1: We are two in a row, provided this <laughs> provided this gets up off the drawing board. Well, uh, yeah, into, into the ring yeah. and, uh, and and throws a few <laughs> actual make... punches. <laughs> But
0: I I, 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 I'll wear that. I know that you've heard uh, a lot more pa- podcasts being recorded than our listeners have heard being broadcast. So uh, uh, I, I do promise that uh, I will get this one up um, within a yeah, reasonable.
1: And in the in the spirit of the current thirtieth Olympiad, um, and and all that sort of, you know, the whole team aspect comes into it. So it's not. There's no criticism of of you personally. There's no I in team. Thank you very much. All right, so Thank you very much. It is a team effort.
0: Uh, we, we, <laughs> there, there is nothing wrong with being a silver medalist.
1: Is that what you're telling I, I was, me? Well, I, I didn't want to actually... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, everybody knows that the, the Olympic motto, if actually correctly translated from the ancient Latin, means winners are grinners and shit sandwich for second. But <laughs> overall, it's, look, it's, a, it's a great effort to get there. I don't know. There's probably some parallels in the in the beer industry. In that they're probably, you know, say recently one of the, the two big brewers, uh, you know, the, the, the gold, the, the reigning gold medalist since God's Dog was a pup was recently, I guess, pipped into into second, in, into the silver medal position by um, by its, its nearest competitor for the first time in ages.
0: Funnily enough, I did describe Stephen Bra- uh, uh, VB as a Stephen Bradbury of beers. Yeah, um, because I, I don't know that Forex gold has actually surged from behind, uh, but yeah, VB did no, VB, take a little VB, bit of a stumble and
1: a fall. Yeah, VB desurged from in front, <laughs> and Lion <laughs> said, "Well, you know, it, we still crossed the line first. We've, we've yeah, our last Stephen Bradbury. We, we turned around to see that everyone else had sort of fallen in a heap on the floor. Well, interesting, and I'd I'd love to get our listeners." opinions about why because i was i was called fairly early by um the breakfast show down here to give some uh, uh expert comments on uh on the, the whole you know the fall of vb or the rise of Forex or you know whatever it might have been and uh can you really taste the difference and all that sort of stuff and and opinions on uh, on talkback seem to be you know many and varied and then opinion through the twitter sphere and various blogs I'd, I'd be interested to know whether people think that it's not that we're, you know, moving away from VB to 4X, but we're moving away. Perhaps VB, I guess, is, is a Victorian heartland sort of beer. I guess that's where I, I would imagine most of the sales come from. Victorians tend to be making more of a, a shift away from the ordinary to, you know, something a little bit different. I wonder whether that's got something to do with it or whether it's advertising or who knows. Yeah,
0: look. I mean, it's really funny. Last week, I mentioned that as a side to the James Squire, uh, sorry, the the, the um, little creatures Takeover, over. Um, that you know, it's fantastic for little creatures. They'll become more available. It's fantastic for beer drinkers because uh, a big range of craft beers is going to become available not sure what it's going to mean for the industry. And I, I have had a couple of publicans that have come out and said, mate, you, you, you're spot on with with that. We were looking at mixing our taps up a little bit, but you know, it sounds like Lion has come out aggressively um, in their negotiations at the moment, pointing to the strength of their portfolio. And it sounds like a lot of venues are going to start going to uh, you know, back to Lion. And I, I just think that CUB has got a really long hard road ahead of them, um, and that stems back to what you were just saying about you know VB. I, I think for a long time, um, CUB were pretty complacent. They had the biggest selling beer in VB. Um, they had the you know uh, the biggest emerging category uh, of uh, pure blonde, um, and they. See themselves, um, and, and I constantly hear from people within CUB, you know, CUB, that look, we're brand builders, we you know, are very good, and I just think that the era of just monolithic brands is well and truly gone. And a lot of these publicans are saying, you know, look, we want, we want interesting beers, we want people to talk about it, you know, we, that sort of thing. And I just don't see much in the. Uh, CUB range that they're doing much around that. They, they've, they've got fantastic brands in Cascade and Matilda Bay that would really fit in nicely. But you know, I just don't know what they're doing with them, Prof.
1: The Forgotten Heroes. There was another article too, uh, interestingly, in the Melbourne Papers this week um, about people moving away from drinking in pubs and we're drinking more at home. And they sort of, you know, cited the, the examples of, you know, in the sixties it, it was almost. Um, it, offensive to to drink at home you didn't you, drinking at home wasn't you know home wasn't where you drank it was it was the pub and it was convivial and it was all that sort of thing i wonder whether those old died in the wool loyal vb drinkers are, are sort of slowly falling off the perch and not being replaced because the um i it's not cool to anymore to drink what your dad drank whereas maybe if your dad was a chippy and then you became his apprentice, and uh, you know Friday, you know Friday night after work, or whatever you'd go to the the, lo- the local and you'd you'd down pots of VB, and say, oh, Dad drinks VB, so I'm going to drink VB. Is that now not happening quite as much, as well as we're now drinking at home, and there's no, I, I guess, VB also at 40 bucks a, a slab, has lost that competitive price edge, I think. Um, to to the other perceived premium brands, to actual premium brands, to imports, and to craft beer. Man, I, I, to be honest, I think people are
0: just you know beer is you know entered the new millennium. Um, if VB drinkers are falling off the perch, Australia's death rate must be pretty high at the rate that <laughs> VB has uh, come back to the pack. Um, you know, I, I think that people are looking you know more widely. Um, you know, their, their, their imports are going through the roof. Um, well, actually, imports are taking, soaking up a bit of that. But I think, you know, and craft beer doesn't explain it all because we're still talking about 2% of the market. So, you know, VB's lost a huge percent. It's just a very fragmented um, culture. Yeah, People are drinking less beer. Um, the What they are drinking is is very, very different. Um, I think- but uh, it, 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 it's interesting because Coopers did talk in the 70s and 80s that there was a little bit of that, that, you know, uh, people didn't want to, you know, beer drinkers didn't want to drink what their dad drank and the, the, these cloudy ales were a little bit on the nose and lagers, you know, people going to lagers. Mm-hmm. But then again, they also plugged into that um, with, I guess, what were the 1980s equivalent of hip of current hipsters. Um, you know, they, they really targeted the uni students in 1980s who were looking for something that was a little bit different than than the lagers. So that sort of cycle can work both ways. Um, yeah. And, uh, and and you see it in the states where what is it? Pabst Blue Ribbon has got that hipster you know appeal because it's an old old school lager beer um, that, that's suddenly doing very cool, very again. nicely. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no. It, look, it, 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 it's very interesting, but I, I just can't help but think that Cub has its work cut out for them, um, and and not just because of the, of the brands they've lost. But uh, you know, I, I don't think there's any other way to say it, that there are a lot of people in the company that don't seem to know too much about beer. And I had, I had a bit of a crack about it with that innovation job thing. Um, you know, that the head of innovation didn't even seem to need to know anything about beer. And that was, um, you know, only half serious, but you know, I, I do see it more and more. I think I've spoken before about going to a, uh, a lunch, uh, late last year that was for CUB Um, And wine had a big, you you would have thought that it was a wine company, you know, because there there was no attempt to match the the fantastic lunch with any of the beers. And every course on the lunch would have gone perfectly with one of the uh, Matilda Bay beers. They had, you know, a a bunch of female journalists who were all sticking to wine, which, you know, they they didn't even make an attempt to introduce them to any of the interesting flavoured craft beers that went very nicely with food. Um, and yet they had a you know a, a food menu that had wines listed um, on it and no attempt at beer and you know I just see that more and more across the whole uh, business that you know they just that there is an arrogance and you know that it, 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 it's the brand not the not the liquid that matters and uh, you know I just think they've gone too far the other way but anyway you know Interesting times ahead, by the way. It is. And I mean, these things are always opinions. And, you know, you and I can spat our opinions till the cows come home, and that's not going to turn CUB around. But uh, as I constantly remind myself, uh, you know, their opinions, uh, you know, the the opinions of the guys in these breweries are just opinions as well. And, uh, you know, (laughs) judging by how their sales are going, their opinions aren't right either. But anyway, that's. uh,
1: I'll be having lunch tomorrow with a a couple of. Said colleagues, so I might, uh, I might just ask for their opinions and, um, and get back to you and the listeners.
0: Ask their opinion. And I'm, I'll, I'm having a couple of uh, meetings in the next uh, couple of weeks as well for um, people that have from within the company that have said that they want to uh, catch up and let me know their plans. So I'm very keen to hear their plans. And uh,
1: yeah. Anyway, um, mate, who have you lined up for us today? Well, we've got a very interesting guest today, and uh, you and I have spoken to him before. He's, um, he's one of the cutting room floor crew uh here at radio Bruges news who we've spoken to but he never quite got up off the ground uh that's the last crack i'll have at you by the way matt that was, that was a little bit that was a
2: bit of
0: a <laughs> actually no 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 <laughs> well to 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 defend myself we did record it and then it did take a little while to get it out um and then you and i caught up with Hendo at good beer week yeah and he said mate I, I actually want to sort of uh do it again Can so, I do a read? Yeah, it,
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah so, yeah, uh, so that was a reason.
1: Steve Hendo Henderson will be uh, fairly well known to a lot of uh, craft beer drinkers, particularly in Victoria, but also I would imagine some of the, um, the Eastern Seaboard with his fine work with uh, Luke Scott down at Otway Estate brewing under the, uh, uh, primarily under the, the Prickly Moses uh, brand. Uh, Hendo has recently flown the, the nest, um, spread his wings and gone on to a new project um he's become one of those bastard contract brewers sorry Sam um now contract brewers uh southern bay brewing company which is, has been um a, a fair contributor to a lot of the beers both uh, average and very good that some of the punters out there may be familiar with but they've never really had i guess a presence uh, in and of their self they've always just been oh yeah that um beer factory down in Geelong that makes beer for other people uh it'd be very interesting to speak to Hendo about a putting a face to the contract brewer uh and also using I, I guess putting beers out under their under their own label and um and it'd be interesting to see now how that's going for them well let's get him on and ask him let's do
0: that howdy
1: there he is howdy Hendo
0: what's happening Mate, we've already introduced you, so how about we just get cracking sure, with Sure, far away. Hendo, uh, Steve Henderson, um, Southern Bay Brewing. Tell us a little bit about how you, you know, where you've come from and how you got here.
2: How I got to Southern Bay? Uh, well, uh, I started here at uh, Southern Bay in, in uh, mid-February of this year. And uh, prior to that, uh, I was brewing for... Uh, About two years with uh, Luke Scott out at Otway Estate doing Prickly Moses beers.
0: And before that? How how, how did you get into brewing? Oh, how did
2: I get into brewing? Uh, That's an excellent question. Um, uh, Avid home brewer over many years uh, uh, and... um, Got uh, just got hooked on. I uh, started out doing things like Cooper's kits and that sort of thing, and wanted to know where this brown goo in a can came from. And rather than look it up on Google, I went to university. So I studied for a year uh, at the brewing school at Edith Cowan University in Western Australia, and um, deferred for a year. Went over to the UK to go work, and then they closed the brewing school for a while. Um, in um, 2004, 2005 and so um, when I came back I had to pick up again so transferred over to University of Ballarat and graduated from there in, at, the two, uh, at the end of 2008, 2009 I think it was, uh, spent uh, about a year in uh, the Granite Belt in Queensland making vinegar of all things with my brother there and a then few craft the opportunity came up that, to uh snap. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> uh, <laughs> actually. We'll, actually we'll edit that out. So um yeah, um that was uh that was really sort of you know, m- making vinegar with my with my brother and uh was, was a really good way in in getting into um, you know, process production and, and, and you know, the basics that you do as a brewer, like batch logging and quality control and all that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, I was doing that, finished up my Ballarat degree, and then the opportunity came up to go and work with, um, with Luke down at Otway Estate. So I uh, up sticks and moved to Victoria, and I've been in Victoria ever since, and I'm loving it.
1: You've um, gained a bit of a reputation, I guess, for, um, in your time, particularly at at Otway Estate, for I guess wanting to push the boundaries, not sort of being content to, I guess not not play second fiddle, but to but but you didn't seem to be the sort of brewer who wanted to push out you know accessible, easy drinking, sessionable, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, kind of beers, and you were you were, I guess seen along with Luke to be yeah let's 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 push a little bit and, and see how we go. Was that do do you see yourselves as I guess trailblazers in that? respect or do you think you happen to be there at a time when some of the other brewers were starting to do the same thing so there was kind of a a bit of a collective um mindset to to, to brew beers that were were pushing the boundaries a little bit
2: oh look i i don't um i don't consider myself um to be like a um an extreme brewer or anything like that um um i think um you know, around the time when I started at, at, um, at Otway Estate that, um, you know, Prickly Moses was pretty well known for doing some great, very approachable and very sessional beers and and lots of them. And, um, you know, I, I, kind of said, well, you know, well, let's, let's see if we can just innovate and, and broaden the diversity in our product lineup and, and, and see if the market likes it. You know, it's, um, um, you know the brew house out there only does thousand um, liter batches, which is only you know twenty kegs or um, um, you know couple a couple of pallets of, of bottles. Um, oh, okay. You know, which which is not interesting in the scheme of things may sound like a lot of beer, but when you put it out to a to a, a growing market, it's actually uh, not not too much. And so therefore, you can afford to take um, some calculated risks and. Um, I think that's what I I think that's what I like to do whenever whenever I bring out a new beer is to is to take some um, calculated risks and and um, you know brew the beers that that I feel I want to make and want to drink um, and um, and you know at at prickly Moses you know with with um, with Luke's um, support and and guidance you know it really it really paid off I think over the course of two thousand and eleven uh I think uh I'd i released seven new beers um in their in their lineup. Um and that's more the, in, in in that twelve month period than they'd ever done in their five year history prior. So I'm pretty proud of that um that innovation that 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 I've brought to to Otway Estate.
1: And I think too Otway Estate's profile probably grew um I don't know whether the you know whether the books sort of support this, but certainly the, um, the 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 general feel would be that Otway Estate gained more of a profile uh, as a brewer. I guess took the next step up in terms of people saying it's a uh, it's more than just a go-to beer. These you know it's it's the kind of brewery that people were uh, there was a bit of in the Twitter sphere and in the blogs there was a little bit of a anticipation when there was something new coming out uh, that, that perhaps had been missing before. So I think you guys probably deserve a bit of the credit for that.
2: Thank you. Yeah, no, look it's it's a, it's it's a lot of fun um and and putting it putting a new beer together and and actually getting it out to the market. There's a lot of things, a lot of ducks that need to line up to get a beer out out there and get it in front of the punters. Um and um you know, uh, having done that many times now, I, I you know, it's something that's that's become very very natural to me and um you know, I think when I started doing some of the new beers that come out of uh, Otway Estate, and I think probably the key one there would be the Raconteur IPA. Um, you know, that took six months from the concept of, of getting an IPA out um, to actually releasing it. And so that involved a lot of pilot brewing and testing and throwing some beer down the drain and drinking lots of other batches that went well and, and then scaling <laughs> it up and, and putting a label on the bottle and, and releasing it. Um then as um as Luke and I started to release uh you know seasonal seasonal beers more frequently um we we managed to reduce that lead time down to 6 weeks i think we got it down to from a concept to getting it out the door so it was pretty impressive you know and and i think these days you know um, the consumers and, and I, and I love them to bits for, for, you know, because they're great fun to drink with for a start. Um, <laughs> that, you know, they, um, they, they, they give you that immediate feedback and they and the consumer's appetite for new products is, in, is, you know, insatiable. And, uh, I get a real kick out of doing, you know, new things and, and just testing the bounds of, you know, whether it's, Maybe not necessarily in in terms of of style. I mean, I have my own sort of, you know, like every brewer, I have my own style influences and I'm unashamedly, you know, North American um, brewing influenced, Um, you know, but um, it's just a matter of just putting it out there. And it's you're really putting yourself out there, I guess, when you do a new beer and, um, you know, there's an element of risk and I get a kick out of it. It's good fun.
1: That's a nice, neat little segue into the next section of uh, what we had discussed that we wanted to talk with you about, which was your your move to Southern Bay and the yep. fact that I guess for the first time there's a, a contract brewer out there that has a profile, that has a, a, a face, that has a like a brewer attached to it. But just before we move into that, that sort of yep. next phase of, of your career, you prepared to put cards on the table, question without notice and say, you know, as a home brewer or then when you were at uh, uh, Otway Estate, what were the... The, the three or four breweries that i guess you you know not wanted to be but that were influences on you that were that i get like you say like you suggested influence the the beers that you that you wanted to make or the beers that you like to drink what were the what were the breweries that i guess were the um you know the 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 spotlighters for you
2: um yeah look um i i'd say you know the the breweries that um influence me um you know here in australia um i'd, I'd give a, a big tip of the cap to, to sean sherlock and and the, the great work that he's doing up at murray's um i think he's a true innovator in australian craft beer um and um you know we we certainly need more um uh, more brewers who are um uh, who are doing great work like uh, uh like sean and ian are doing now um you know I, I i um studied at Ballarat with Paul Holgate and um you know i like his take on um you know with the Holgate uh, beers on um the diversity in the in the styles that they do i mean um you know paul's got a great influence in that traditional british style but then you know as he's brought on more brewers and he's wanting to innovate himself he's sort of you know broadening um, the diversity in his lineup, you know, from, from having a real ale to having um, you know, great North American IPA like Hoppenator through to um, you know, one of one of my beers of uh, of last year, which was um Beelzebub's jewels, the, the quad they do, you know, and mm. that's that's where I think, you know, I see the um the successful breweries, both here in Australia and abroad, um become successful More successful, the more diversity that they um, that they put into their product lineup. Um, I think the days of um, um, having a lineup of beers and having that lineup being constant and consistent year round, um, you know, that the the, the consumers really moved on from that. And so we need to do that as brewers. Um, So you know, I you know, if I was going to name another brewery that I would look at, um, you know, in terms of influence in terms of both brewing um, and their approach to craft beer and the craft beer industry is uh, is Dogfish Head Brewing. Um, you know, um, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to very, very briefly meet Sam Calagione when I was over at the Great American Beer Festival last year and he just has this real calming aura about it.
1: Uh, aura was the word I was going to use. Yeah. I, I did a book signing and I just... Uh, I just felt like, I, you know, I, I I want to drink this guy's beer. I want to, you know... Uh... Sorry, Prof, can we just... <laughs> you did a book signing or you
0: went to his book signing? Uh,
1: can we just leave it at that? I think... <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> Sorry. Just, I was just thinking, do you, when, when did Sam Gallaghani turn up to Prof's book signing? <laughs> well, I had to go to him, to be fair. <laughs> no, he, he signed. That was at um, the Craft Conference. Um oh, yeah, yeah. will be yep. cup this year in, in San Diego. So, yeah, I...
2: Yeah, oh, I they mean, took one he, of my
1: books over and, he, he but yeah, him he's one, just he's just got yeah. this he's just got this aura. So I'm, yeah. not, I'm not giving anything away there. This is about exactly. Hendo. Shut up, man.
2: You know, I'm, I met him at the um at, at GABF and it was a crowded bar in the middle of Denver, right in the middle of the, the the festival. And there was lots of people and everyone wanted to go up to him and high five him and that sort of thing. And he just made time for everybody. And um, you know, a couple of the guys that I was traveling with, I was with um um David Summergreen um and he he's aka known as the beer mule and um you know he was sort of key in in I believe in in helping set up the Port Amarillo uh beer between Epic and and Dogfish Head and yeah. Sam just knew him straight away like you know it was it, it basically, he basically you know David said said hi to Sam and Sam goes oh you're the um oh, you're the um you're the you're the pilot, aren't you? You know, and 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 Dave goes, yeah, and I, and that was really cool that he just remember you know, the guy must meet so many people, and it's just pretty yeah. cool that it just remembers people like that. So, you know, I like what they do. I like what Dogfish Head do in terms of um, you know they they have uh, a, 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 you know approachable beers in their lineup, and then they have the real extreme beers, and and um, you know that's something that that in the coming years I hope to bring to. Uh, to the Australian craft beer scene is 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 more diversity. We need more diversity, and I don't think you can have too much. Um, Hendo, just just on that, um, it, it's been interesting. The the Americans
0: have been the leaders of the you know hop the bejesus out of the beer yep. segment. Um, I've seen some really interesting articles recently, including one I tweeted. I put out on the Bruce News Twitter feed uh, recently, saying. The Jedi brewers, you know, bringing balance back to yeah. the force. Um, where they, you know, there there is a big segment of the uh, US industry that's moving away from that highly hopped, really explode in your mouth yep. flavor to things that are a little bit more balanced and a little bit more, um, as much as I hate the word sessionable. Yep. Um, that seems to be an area that our local brewers excel at. And you look at the beers that we picked up golds at at the World Beer Cup, and you see this the uh, Uh, categories that we're very strong at do seem to be that really nicely balanced easy drinking style is there something that you know we've learned a lot from the u.s brewers is there something that they can learn from us do you think
2: well i think that um you know the um here in australia you know we we do you know of, of all the diversity that we have in our craft beer market mostly it's around session beers around session strength which you know, if you were go to go to, um, if you were to bring an American craft beer geek over here to Australia, they'd probably say, "Well, all the beers are, you know, sub six and a half, sub seven percent." That's that, and and the, and and having big beers and really massive hoppy beers are the exception rather than the rule. And um, uh, so, I think that's that really bears out the Australian craft beer style. I suppose you could call it, you know, it's, it's um, we have a lot of limitations around be- being able to do big, massive hop bombs and high alcohol beers, because, you know, we've got a, uh, a taxation system that penalizes the brewers and therefore the consumer, the stronger the beer is. We also have the situation, particularly with hops in that, um, you know, if is that hops are imported and therefore they're quite expensive. And then we have customs or quarantine rules that we can't import hot flowers. Um, so the brewers have had to adapt their brewing style around um, um, those limitations. And I think we're doing pretty good is, at that. And I was going to say, is that of, of itself a bad thing? Because
0: one of the things that led beer to evolve in you know, the myriad of styles is you know two or three hundred years ago, Beers on either side of a mountain range were automatically different because of the ingredients that were available, the the yeast that were available, and so different styles sprung up. You know, the water that was yep. available all guided the style development. You know, the, what what you're talking about is the modern, you know, uh, for want of a better word, mountain ranges or the, the modern uh, you know, domestic environment yep. that does allow us to become strong. Otherwise, the world would be a, a bit of a boring place if all of the beers were the same, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely, um, um, and, and I suppose you could re- replace a, a, a mountain range to oceans, you know, we're on world's largest island, so, um, you know, naturally the beers coming from the different countries are going to have inherent inherently different, I'd call it a personality, and, um, you know, so do the uh, the brewers. We influence each other, and, you know, when you see cool things happen like some you know some of the um the really cool you know international collaborations that have happened here in australia or you know just just in here in 2012 um good good comes from our industry from those collaborations you know um probably the ones that 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 i would identify in that in that cross pollination of each other's influence would be um Oh look I'd have to name top of my head would be Bridge Road India Saison I think it's one of the most uh, innovative beers that I've seen um done here in Australia um in in ages you know that 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 Saison IPA um you know fusion Hybrid. Yeah, yeah between and and done between you know Ben Krause of Bridge Road and 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 the crew from from Nogno. so um, that was a really cool beer to see. And then, of course, we've had, um, um was his name? Christian from Beer Here come over and he's done uh, a couple of beers. We had McKellar come over, did beers with Mountain Goat, did beers with, with uh, Ben Krause up at Bridge Road again. Um, beer Here have done beers with Moondog. And we're all, you know, every time that those collaborations happen, the brewers are learning from each other. And that brings you know, we, you know, whenever a collaboration happens, you know, each of the brewers brings something to the table and, um, um, you know, we all, we, you know, whether it's raw materials, you know, like in the case of India Saison, it's Australian Australian hops, um, you know, in the case of, um, um, you know, in other cases, it might be around brewing techniques or, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, we, we've all got something to learn o- about it. So, you know, to sort of sum that up, it's like, yeah, we, you know, the different regions of the world have their own influences and style, but I love it when we cross it over. You know, it's pretty cool to see. Hey, just very quickly, does somebody have a squeaky door in the background? Yes, room? that's my lab door. <laughs> 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 okay.
1: And, yeah, your lab, your lab your Labrador needs uh, oiling. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, lab door.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. I know, I need a picture of a Labrador on my lab door. So. <laughs> well,
0: just because I know we, we do have some listeners that uh, like to pick up every... Uh, and I'm looking at you, uh, Dan Summers. Um, mouse click every, mouse uh, click. every time they hear a click. mouse click and stuff like that.
2: I'm actually sitting at my desk, which is in, in my lab here at Southern Bay. And today... Um, we've got um we've got jane lewis here from two birds she's brewing a batch of her awesome sunset ale today and um the the boys have have gotten out like about half a dozen six or eight or more different hop varieties in they making all these hop teas and just evaluating them while they're waiting for the boil to happen so you know just just looking at what combinations work and and you know what's what's cool and it's it's uh, you know it's just little things like that 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 um that everyone sort of gets a benefit from you know that's that's one of the cool things i like about brewing at southern bay because we see jane here quite a quite a lot and um it's a real collaborative spirit we've got going on so yeah
1: hey it's also pretty that, indicative um, a, of, of radio brews news in that you know we try to keep it as professional as possible but sometimes yeah. it's you know technically dodgy and it's like live radio just what happens happens yeah that's it <laughs> But uh,
0: on that, and uh, back to the uh, conversation. Um, Labdoor. So, uh, what, what, you know, you obviously have a not a Labrador, but you've obviously got a lab um, at, at the brewery. Yes. Um, how important are, are things like that? You know, I, I guess I take it back to you know, a lot of people are critical of you know bigger breweries. A lot of people are critical of uh, contract breweries. But if, if you want to get a, a consistent beer in, I guess you guys have got. Um, facilities that some of the really small breweries just can't afford. Not that they not that that necessarily makes their beer any worse or anything, but consistency is, is an issue and that seems to be an advantage for you guys?
2: Oh look, you know, the 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 lab that I've got is is pretty pretty rudimentary, but it is a lab nonetheless. I've got two Bunsen burners and um that's pretty cool. Um and um a couple of Spectros and uh, an incubator where I can incubate, incubate yeast or bacteria samples and that sort of thing. And um, I have it because as a contract brewer, you know, you've got to brew beer to the customer's specification and to meet certain quality requirements. So I, I, I it, it's new for me in this job having having a lab because I'd never had one at, um, at Otway Estate. Um, it was very much, um, you know... Um, garage style, in that you 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 make it and, and you you sort of go with it and you use your, your sensory evaluation to to work out if something is is faulty with the beer, which which can happen occasionally. Um, but here, you know, we have to be a little bit more precise. Um, we collect an a, an enormous range of data on every uh, batch of beer that we brew here. And, um, really that comes down to a quality focus and, and what the consumer expects. Um, you know, we're brewing beer here, you know, 35 different types of beer here, um, you know, for about 25 different odd brands and, you know, people move away from generic mainstream beer and they move to craft beer. Um, but, even though they might move to craft beer, there's still that expectation that whenever you pick that bottle off the shelf, or when you when you have a have a have a pint at the pub, that that it is what it is and it stays as consistent as possible from batch to batch.
1: Now, more importantly, Hendo, do you have um, lab coats and clipboards? Because all that other stuff <laughs> sounds very impressive. <laughs> but I've seen uh, no. lots of ads for lots of no. very very you know, good products, and yes. they always have someone in a lab coat with a clipboard. Toothpaste. I mean, you, you can't make toothpaste. Under Underarm deodorant. Uh, uh, exactly. Um, Shampoo. Under-arm. Yep. Yep. No. What exactly? I,
0: I want to know that. I, I want to know that my brewers are kitted out at least as professionally
2: as people that make under, under yeah, the Yeah. No. Unfortunately, not. Um, you know. Um, I wanted to bring in a hairnet policy here, but uh,
1: <laughs> so, so, so there's some, uh, something to work on. Something to work yeah.
2: on. <laughs> no, we don't. We 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 don't have uh, lab coats here. Um, I, yes, I do have a lab coat at home and that comes from my days at, at, uh, at the University of Ballarat, um, was thinking about dyeing it pink and wearing it here just for shits and giggles, but, um, no, we're pretty, you know, we, we, we're professional, but we're informal, I suppose, is the way that you would, um, describe the crew here at Southern
1: Bay. Now how would you describe the change uh because uh, as we alluded to before I guess Southern Bay was has 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 been seen as a reasonably major player in the Australian beer scene in that a lot of a lot of the people in the in the know in that inner circle will probably uh be familiar with certain brands that they know come out of of Southern Bay yeah. now, up until now A, we haven't had a Southern Bay branded beer which we now have and secondly I think people are seeing a shift not just in terms of you as a, uh, as a personality, I guess, heading up the business, but you as a brewer, uh, of, of, you know, held in, in, in particularly high regard, that people now have, a, I guess, a different expectation of, of beers coming out of, of Southern Bay.
3: Yeah,
2: look, I mean, um, Southern Bay has uh, has been in this on this site in Moolap and Geelong uh, for twenty four years now. We've got our twenty fifth anniversary coming up um, next year, um, and but I've got to tell you it, that
0: lab is very, very, very busy.
2: <laughs> I'm looking at Jane. I'm shaking my fist at her at the moment. It's like squeaky door, and that's okay. <laughs> and um, it's um, yeah. So you know, it's it's a brewery that that. Has been around for 24 years. It was Geelong Brewing Company up until 1999, and then 2000 it changed to Southern Bay when it changed ownership. And um, uh, it's um, uh, you know its its traditions are steeped in lager and draft and and all those sorts of things. And I've got in my lab here. I'm looking at some of the old bottle products that we used to do. And we used to do like things like Geelong Draft, Geelong Bitter, you know, and they're, they're all basically, you know, small-scale rip-offs of what the, the bigger breweries were doing at the time. Um, and... Um, you know our draft beer, our house draft beer has been around. You know it's like I don't think it's it's uh, it's fair to say you you know that, that the beers haven't been around. They've been around, and you see our draft beer gets gets rebadged and resold as so many different things, um, yeah, and so many different labels. Um, and you know that's so that beer itself. You know you might not think much of the style. I certainly don't think much of the style, but I think it should be well made because um, you know the. There's there's a history behind it that 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 I um, you know pay tribute to and that sort of thing. So um, you know it's um, um it's a real sort of um, uh, it's it's a historic beer and and it's a historic brewery and the recent changes um, you know I think Southern Bay has you know recognised now that 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 to to copy. What the two big players in Australian beer do um, doesn't have a foreseeable future when their when their market share is rapidly declining, um, you know, across the broader beer market. So, if you want to be succeed be successful, if you want to have a successful future in the beer industry, you have to innovate, and the innovation is happening in the craft beer segment, and that's why it's growing.
1: What sort of breakdown? Um, what has the breakdown been in terms of the percentage of of beers that are your, your your own versus the beers that you've been contracting? And is that has that changed, or is that is that changing? Well, the the, the thing is, is that
2: um, I think historically, if I look back, you know, over the 24 years that Southern Bay's been in this site, you know, they they haven't really innovated. Um, in terms of their product, you know, the, the, the product hasn't really innovated uh, or ha- hasn't been innovative. And this brewery here has a phenomenal capacity to put out a lot of product, you know, um, as the old Geelong Brewing Company, you know, it has the potential to put out eighteen to 20,000 litres of product a day. Um, and if there's no market for that beer, then you've got to do something to keep the revenue and that sort of thing ticking over which is why i guess southern bay turned to contract brewing um to to keep things ticking over and to to keep that throughput that this brewery needs to survive going um yeah. and um and so to turn it over now to the, the the many different brands that that come out of here um you know i don't have a problem with it our our proportion of um uh, our own product that comes out of here by revenue, I believe, is around the twenty-five percent mark. So it's not a huge amount, and most of our revenue is de- derived from from contract brewing.
1: The sorts of brands that you guys produce, and obviously we don't want to necessarily go into, uh, you know, using examples of the of the brands that you make, because as I yep. say, some of the so some obviously of the, two birds is one. Two yeah. birds is one. <laughs> so, yep. But, but, and Jane is probably a good example of someone who uh, has made no secret of the fact that they want to be A, um, going that route of brewing their beers under contract to establish the brand, and then at some stage, hopefully, to create their own uh, brew house. But it also, I guess, while we're on that, on that topic, um, and it's a per- perfect illustration today, is that. Uh, Southern Bay has a bit of a reputation of being if like an, an open brew house in that if you want to come down and be the brewer, we will work with you, walk you through the equipment. You let us know what you need to do. Whereas other, I guess beer sellers will just kind of fax um, a, a nice note saying, can I please have 10 pallets of your, you know, uh, number one lager.
2: Yep. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, you know, the crew and I, we love having having Jane here. I mean, Jane is is um, you know extremely hands on with how um, she produces her product, um, and uh, to to the point where you know she may not own a brewery, she may be using a contract brewery, but but she can hand on heart. Stand in front of the the punters out there and say I made this beer because she she makes the beer you know she's responsible for it um, you know today's a classic example we're 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 brewing um, sunset ale today um, and um, you know when 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 we're doing um, Jane's beers I step out of the brewery and Jane steps in and she's telling the crew what to do and um, she's a very she's a brewer who I have a lot of admiration and respect for she's very fastidious and her standards are very high, and that helps us to raise our standards. So, you know, we're, we're, we're really proud to have um, have uh, two birds, Jane and, and Danielle here. So it's cool. Has
1: that, she's she's giving missing? me a big
2: smile right now too. Oh, just that's, so that's good. <laughs> well, we should tell her, now, tell her she's on the wireless. Time the door squeak.
0: <laughs> <laughs> next time we hear the door squeak, we're asking you again <laughs> when we know that she's yeah, not there. <laughs>
1: Now, are there are there other brewers who, since you've taken over, have have approached you to come down and, and do a Jane if you like and and uh, contract brew hands on, uh, or do you do you think that that may be more of an option in the future? I guess I guess the question is is there capacity down there, or are you guys pretty much uh, you know running full tilt at the moment?
2: No, no, there is um, there is capacity here, and and um, you know I'm speaking with some some. Uh, other companies at the moment um, who are looking to replicate the same model in, in the way in which Jane operates. Um, and um, I, I, encu- I openly encourage that because um, um, it, it helps, um, you know, a lot of the um, – it helps the, the brewery become better and to produce better beer and um, helps us to get more innovative beers out there you know one of my existing customers who i um, um have a lot of uh, respect for the products is um is a gentleman by the name of um dan Wright, and he's doing um swell swell branded beers out of um, mclarenvale in south australia and i don't think that we've really seen them here in victoria matt i don't know if you see them up, up your way up in queensland um but he
0: i've just been sent. i mean i've just been sent some, uh, and I didn't realize that you guys yeah. made them, and they are really they are impressive. Very impressive um, so, yeah. and th- th- that answers one question I was going to follow up uh, with Dan down yeah. there. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've tried the pale ale and the wheat now, yeah. and uh, wheat's a cracker, isn't very, it? Very, very, it is. It is. Um, it, it's yeah, no, it's a really nice. Which uh, it surprised me because uh, I find that the wheat beer is one that can be a little bit variable. Um, over here, but no, I yeah. loved it. So congratulations oh, on that. Well,
2: you know, I mean, tip of the cap to, to the brewer there, Dan. You know, he, he he's, yep. you know, it, it takes um, a lot of um, intestinal fortitude to um, go and put a, a, a new product out into the craft beer market. Um, and, you know, whether it's me or whether it's Jane or whether it's Dan, you know, we all take a huge personal and financial Risk in putting these beers out there because there's always that risk that people may not like it, and um, then if people don't like it, then it doesn't sell. So and then you're stuck. You know, it costs it costs upwards of you know fifty 000 to seventy thousand dollars to do a batch of beer here and to get it to market um and that's 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 a huge financial risk so you know for those brewers who do come here um and 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 come and have their products produced here I, I I have a lot of respect for because they they stand behind their products um and and their beers enough to to put themselves out there I mean you know and 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 I'll refer back to, to Jane again with, with, with the sunset ale, that being the second beer in her lineup, you know, she was brewing here for about eight months with a golden ale. And then, um, um, uh, you know, she come up with the idea of doing the sunset ale. And so, you know, we were really happy to, um, help her out and do some test batches and check out some hop combinations and see what worked and see what didn't. And at the end of the day, Jane, you know, formulated this beer and, and that's the beer that you see out there today and, you know, it's getting some really good reviews, the old Sunset Ale and and um it's 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 really, you know, makes me proud to to be that silent partner um behind um all of my contract brewing customers to know that we're doing beers out there that people love. It's pretty cool as well, you know, when, when Jane's in here and and she's bottling a beer off, and that sort of thing. You know, the 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 have got the bottling iron running full steam, and all the crew are busy. And they they get a two birds label off the labeling machine and stick that on their chest because they're working for Jane today and all that sort of stuff. It's it's good to see, you know, and you know, it's 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 um it's a lot of fun.
0: Mate, just uh, away from your own and looking at the uh, broader industry. Actually, I should say, uh, Prof, was there anything that you wanted to follow on from there before I change things? No, 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 um, no, no, good, good. Today, we've uh, reported a, uh, that the U.S. craft brewing industry uh, have re- released their latest yep. statistics. Um, most craft breweries uh, in 125, or most breweries in 125 years, given the craft uh, is a fairly new yep. um, concept, um, I think this value of sales went up 14% in the quarter, um, volume went up 12%. They're obviously uh, kicking major goals yep. there. Um, Locally, um, what, what what do you think is uh, holding uh, Australian craft beer back, assuming it is being held back? What what, what do you think is the biggest problems facing the uh, local craft brewing uh, industry?
2: Oh, there are a few. Um, if I would have to uh, name one, um, which is a particular um, inhibitor for me at the moment, it would be those bloody tap contracts. Um and um you know I, I make um you know I don't pull any punches when I say that 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 something needs to happen with these this this anti-competitive behavior that's going on from from the two big players um and um uh the fact that um uh, you know it's it's you know it's hard to I've got to be very careful with what I say and choose my words very carefully but you know, the, the way in which the taps in venues are locked up, um, you know, in return for a tap system or something like that, it reduces the ability for the consumer to choose what they drink. And, um, um, and I think that, that that's probably one of the main inhibitors that prevents craft beer from, from growing. Um,
0: Just on that because I mean that's something that I've railed against in the past hmm. as well and it's, it's interesting because you, you do have these conversations with both the big brewers and the small brewers and you know I've seen recently that there are certain of the um, smaller brewers um, the bigger smaller brewers that have started you know, uh, entering into agreements I won't say necessarily they are contracts but you do start seeing a lot of you know five plus one, deals. Um, you do start seeing a lot of, you know, we'll give you X support, um, you know, we'll do this for you. And you do even see um, some of them apparently putting in uh, tap systems. It, it you know, it, it, It's one of those things that when you've only got the small and the big and the big guys are putting in tap systems and then locking everybody else out, that it, it's unfair. But it also seems to be something that a lot of the smaller guys um, are moving towards as they get a little bit bigger and, and they have the financial muscle um, mm-hmm. to do it. Th- that's for me to start questioning it. Well, you know, yes, it, it, it does make it hard for the little guys, but if the little guys are starting to do that, isn't it just one of those things that you do as and when you can afford it? Just like as you've got more money, you can uh, advertise more and as you've got more money, um, you can, you know, help venues, help your partner venues a little bit more. Um, because,
2: you know... Is it just good business sense? do yeah. It, it, is it just good business? For well, them? you know, uh, now that I work for a, a, a work at a brewery that is you know the, has is twenty times the capacity of the of of the brewery I came from at Otway Estate, uh, you know, the economies of scale there, um, you know, do make it a little more cost effective to produce product, despite the fact that I've got a very old brewery which isn't particularly efficient. Um, you know, through my own product and all of the other products that come through here, I get better buying power on raw materials and, and, and things like that. Now, that said, though, um, you know, things like um, keg deals, you know, the six plus ones or whatever look, I, I see that as, as um, um, price, is as, as a, as a conversation that's about price and how, how a brewery chooses to price their product um, is up to each individual brewery. Though you know I'm of the opinion that craft brewers shouldn't get into a price war because um then if we if we do that then um then we um uh will cannibalize our our industry and our market you know similar to what happened with wine in the um you know during the nineties i suppose um and you know as far as things like you know putting taps in tap systems in. Uh, um, you know signage point of sale well it's a real gray area guys I mean um...
0: look I I agree and which is why I raise it because it's so easy to um, uh, say look the the big guys are just evil um, because they've got their money and they throw it around they exclude other people Um, but it's it's funny I wrote a series of articles about it um, uh, you know about 18 months ago that really came out because one particular venue had uh, completely locked out the the, the craft guys. But when when you start talking to a lot of the big guys, and even when you start talking to a lot of the hoteliers, um, it's not necessarily the uh, brewers that are going in saying, look, we'll do this for you, although there is obviously a lot of that. There is just an expectation amongst a lot of hoteliers Mm. that what are you going to give me? And I've seen it with a Mm. lot of uh, small, inverted commas, craft beer venues. There there are a couple in Brisbane that have opened up and, you know, they will just say, what's your price? And they'll pay it because they they want to see a flourishing uh, industry. But there are others that I've seen, you know, screwing down little guys and saying, oh, look, if you're not going to match this, you know, brewery that's 20 times your size's price, I'm not going to put you on. Now they're not, they're not actually contracting their taps, but they're also. It, it, it's not the brewers that are necessarily going in and saying, um, "You know, we'll beat your your best mm, price." It's yeah. the the venues it, that are offering for it, or you you're just not. It on does track, work both ways. It certainly that you know. does seem to be just a function of um, competition as a yeah. And admittedly, the small guys have got, um, you know, don't have the buying power and they don't have the pricing power. And that's also where I I start to resent it when, you know, the big brewers who have all of these advantages and do have this financial um, clout, they then start moving into the territory of the small brewers. And you've you've got, you know, Lion Nathan brewing beer at the much larger Squires Brewery, but calling it Kosciuszko Pale Ale when they've got a little 600. So they want all of the advantages that they've got of Mm. size, but then they also want to have this nice little niche Brand that sounds like it's you know drinking the pure glacial water of Jindabyne. <laughs>
1: yep. but that's that's where Australian Brews News comes in, yeah. To, well, to, uh, <laughs> yes. to to lift the lid, to pull the curtain away, and show how uh, with, you know the Wizard of Oz is a sawn-off little runt with a big uh, microphone <laughs> and and a smoke machine. Yeah, that's, that's, well, it's our job to keep everyone honest.
2: Yeah, and 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 you guys do a great job of it, and um and I and I love it, and I respect it. Look, I you know. I don't know much about um, um, how the the hotel market and and the, the, the hoteliers and the bottle shops and that sort of thing work. You know, I mean, um, I'm I'm a brewer and I'm I'm predominantly focused on, you know, brewing the best beer that I can. But brewers, craft brewers, um, have a, a mutual respect for each other, um, and it's a it's a global phenomenon. And, um, you know, there are certain things that are, that are unspoken, um, in the industry, um, that just don't happen. And, and it's not that we're colluding or agreeing or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's things like I would, I wouldn't never ever want to see not one pub out there that Southern Bay contracted. It just would, would just go against my entire philosophy around, um, my desire for the consumer to have a choice you know i don't want um a southern bay beer to be your daily drink you know that's i'll leave that up to the big breweries to try and press that message but it's not a message that i want to get out there um i want and
0: isn't 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 that something that we uh, you know that the craft brewing industry and hopefully uh you know organizations like the cbia can actually tell that message that you know Craft beer is a point yep. of difference and educating venues that you know yes you can contract and you get these benefits, but if you 've got exactly the same tap as the seven other hotels in your suburb, then you can only compete mm. against price, whereas the craft beer can offer you added values and a loyal customer base and and those sorts of things and isn't isn't that where the, the craft brewers can compete on selling absolutely that
2: message? and and, um, and and I can give you an example of that is a very old friend of mine um mark transport miner of the Royal standard Hotel in in um um West Melbourne um you know he he and I have been been mates for you know 13 14 years or something like that and we were tour guides in in Europe together and we sort of lost touch around you know the start of the the naughties 2000s and that sort of thing and then we sort of reconnected on Facebook and um and I said oh I see you living in in Melbourne. And I said, "I'm this is just after I started at Prickly Meadows." I said, "Oh, I'm living out in Colac. And he goes, "He goes, yeah. I just I just bought a pub in Melbourne, and I went, no way, I make beer now." And he's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" <laughs> so, um, and so you know, I went and went to his you know opening party when he took on the the lease at the the Royal Standard, and I brought a keg of summer ale out there and and um you know it was something that wasn't Carlton draft and and he and I you know he's not a big oh, he's not a beer geek he's becoming a beer geek which is awesome um but um you know he doesn't have a tap contract um he is a local's pub um and he slowly educated his punters that you know, there are more beers out there other than, um, you know, Carlton Traft or VB or whatever. And so he starts he, st- he started to slowly, and the, and, the, and I think the, the pace in which his tap rotations are happening um, is is getting more and more rapid. And it'll get to a point where it'll probably plateau off. But, you know, he's out there. He's a, he's a hotelier who's educating his consumers, um, is offering a point of difference to the other pubs ar- around him and he's keeping the punters returning to his venue, and um, and and that's good for his business longer term. He's had to, um, you know, suffer, um, you know, on this journey, you know, a, a little bit of a, um, um, you know, well, he's not suffered, but he's taken a risk, and the risk for him now is starting to pay off, and and um, you know that I wish there were more venues like like. Um, like Marx, because um, you know, he- but
0: and, and I guess that was my point is that you know, if um, just say tap contracts were uh, abolished tomorrow or they were made illegal tomorrow, I don't think that the tap landscape, the beer landscape would change, it vastly. wouldn't change overnight, um, definitely not quickly and, and and the other thing is I don't think there's the capacity amongst the craft I mean most of the successful craft brewers are struggling to keep up with the demand for their yes. beer already um, so it wouldn't change and I, I think it's that slow process of growing the market and you know getting more players in as the market can you know so we don't get the gold rush mentality of people just rushing in and flooding the market with craft oh, beer um, and then washing out but it's getting more guys like him and uh I, I don't know. I I remember reading a series of articles in the 90s about how fantastic McDonald's was, for example, for, you know, it was breeding the next generation of business people. Um, because, you know, you've got all these young people learning business and, you know, operating a business and becoming junior yep. managers. But what I think it, it gave was a whole lot of people that can follow the head office dictates um but can't actually think for themselves and you know they they rely on you know this is your promotion that comes from head office and this is how you merchandise this is how many times you shake the salt on your fries it's not actually uh making them and i I, you know no offense to a lot of the pub owners out there um and a lot of the ones who listen to this it doesn't apply to but there are a whole lot of pub owners out there that you know they're not not publicans anymore they just get people in and you know into the hotel and they'll drink whatever's on tap um and you don't have people you you don't have the pub owners that know how to sell craft beer because they don't know what it is in, in in the first place and just putting craft beer on is a great way to watch it fail in my view yes you, 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 you actually need to support it at you, a venue level and you need people that yes, can do that. Yes, you
2: do. And you do a great job of that, um, Matt. And, um... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no. Oh, that, that,
0: that, that's, but you need publicans that can do well, it. Well, publicans and can do
2: it. And, uh, but the thing is, a lot of the publicans just don't know. I mean, you know, when when I was working with, with um, Mark at the Royal Standard, you know, um, you know he, he came down to the microberry showcase at Federation Square and he tried a lot of the different beers that were going on and he tried a couple of the um the Moses beers that um that we had had on at the time and you know he actually picked out Otway Ale which is a pretty straightforward you know sessionable beer and um you know and slowly introduced that to his clientele and I Believe within three months, I was out selling Carlton Draft. Um, but it's a journey, and you can't put a you know, a, 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 a horse, burnt horsehair double IPA hop bomb sour in front of the average punter and expect until sudden get craft beer. There's a journey, and, and there's a progression, um, for everybody involved, it's, it's the, it's, you know, the brewers have to have that progression in their product lineup. The, um, the venues have to have that progression in their product lineup. Uh, And indeed the consumer themselves is on um, their own journey. And as a brewer, I have to be mindful because I speak to so many punters out there um, all the time on, and I have to sort of calibrate my conversation on, you know, if someone's new to craft beer, that I keep the conversation quite basic, but try and pique a little in, bit of interest so that they can um, um, stretch themselves and try new things and step outside of their comfort zone. Um, whereas, you know, you've got the you've got the Uber beer geeks out there that want you to do the 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 the, the, the get stuck into the sours and all sorts of um, pretty advanced beers. So. You know, gosh, it almost it seems like the diversity is everywhere there, you know, even amongst the, the, the punters. And, and really, it's the diversity that's going to keep us growing and, and keep us successful. We, we, we should go away from the, the, the mainstream. And, you know, we, we, we wound up in this country of coming pretty close to having monotonous, boring, you know, beers from, you know, with many different labels that were just one style um to to where we 're at today, and I think that really the journey's just beginning
1: and I think the key yeah we're talking about passion and we've we've spoken about it plenty of times here before and written about it and yep. i i think if the if the venue's um, operator's passion matches the the brewer's passion then you 're going to have a a good venue and a good relationship with your with your suppliers, as Matt alluded to if you just want to if you see that craft beer is the only um you know, bar on the graph that's actually growing, and so you just want to throw a few token uh, bits and pieces in, thinking that's going to turn your business around. Then yeah, you know you're probably doomed from the start.
2: No, exactly. Um,
1: but you passion know, and, and passion works.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and you know that that we need all the brewers out there to be, um, you know, and, and the and the venues and the consumers to be mindful of where they are, where they're at. Think about the the, the people who are buying the product and putting the right products in front of them i was listening to to you guys um chat the other day on your return episode about you know some of the beers that that come out um and i think you guys um you know mentioned mclarenvale and and you know how you know people have you know some of the some of the the beer geeks out there may have um you know some you know slightly negative comment to say about them but you know, Vale IPA. You know, I'm loving that beer. It's just a, it's a cracking beer, and it's so it's so accessible. Mate, spot on It's yeah, so
1: accessible. And have, have have a uh, two I, I've... four packs in the fridge at the moment. Just <laughs> just based on when because Matt reminded me, and I saw it in the bottle shop the other day when I went to get some stuff for a tasting. I thought, yeah, I'm just going to grab a couple of those.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it it, it rates there for me. It like it, it's the. To IPAs, White uh, Stone and Woods Pacific Ale was to the, the Australian Ale in, in a sense. You know, like uh, well, that's probably not a, a great way of denying it, but it's it's right in that category. Very flavoursome, but still very yep, approachable. Very
2: flavoursome, yeah. very approachable, very reasonably priced. Um, you know, um, without being you know without sort of um, being too harshly competitive that they're trying to get it out there uber cheap or anything because it is still more expensive on a two on a per unit basis. On the shelf at a bottle shop, yeah. um, then, um, um, uh, then you know Carlton Draft and that sort of thing. So they're not trying to take over the world. They're just putting a darn good beer out there that 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 sits in on a on a Dan Murphy's or a Woolworths shelf, um, you know, very well, and and complements what they're doing, you know, um, um, you know, compliments even you know even the big supermarket players in the in the bottle shop sort of industry complements what they're doing it gives the consumers choice you know and if you've got the capacity to uh produce a product that you can produce enough of it to um to be in those venues then um um you know good good on you you know and for the smaller players out there um you know my my um my advice to them is is that um be innovative um you know if you're a smaller brewer then you need to target your niche and there's a lot of niches that are just untapped out there at the moment um, and you just need to find that message or that style of beer or the diversity in lots of different styles of beers um, and, and, and run with it and you know and I'll, and I'll, I'll tip the cap to, to the Moondog boys you know they found their niche they're a very very small brewery um, but they've found their niche in doing all these extreme beers and and um there's a market for it and and they're doing great and you know I'm, i i love the work that they do and it's not for everybody and i think that's what it means when you when you find your niche is is accepting i mean every time i put a be- new beer out on in in front of the punters you know i accept that this that that this beer not everybody is going to like it and if you let yourself go from that you know, creatively you can, you, 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 can do so much more. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do a beer that's extreme or, you know, tests the boundaries. Sometimes I'll do a beer that's quite sessionable and, and approachable, um, and, and quite sort of, you know, in the craft beer sense, quite mainstream, you know, um, and, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm stuck with that, um, now because now I'm at a brewery that, that, that its smallest batch size that it can do is six thousand liters, and that's that's seven hundred and fifty cases of beer. That's um, you know, that's you know seven odd pallets of of beer just in one batch. So as a brewer, I'm in a particularly unique situation in that I need to calibrate the beers that I put out there um, to uh, ensure that um, that that I don't. That I, that I make beers that are approachable enough that I can sell that volume, yet um, yet be, cre- be be creative and innovative enough to capture the, the, the beer geeks as well. So love the challenge. Hendo,
0: Prof, mate, we're coming up to about an hour 10 here, so I think we've got everybody in from the outer suburbs. Well, I was just about to say, too, that the,
1: uh, the, the flames of the campfire are just slowly starting slowly to turning. die down. And we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we've got to stop holding hands and sing kumbaya yes. about the craft beer industry and, and, and let everyone get back to work, I think. Yep, absolutely. Everyone's. What are they? People watch,
2: listen to this when they're driving and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, driving, all, all sorts brewing. of things. We've got brewers, a lot of guys who in the brewing. house. Yeah, we yep. have it
2: on sometimes. Travelling on house. the train. Yeah, yeah, that's the way. Oh Well, drive safely, everybody. And <laughs>
0: Steve Henderson from uh, Southern Bay uh, Brewing. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for your beer, and uh, mate, we look forward to having sitting down and having a beer with you uh, looking very soon. I'm very
2: much forward to getting up to Queensland uh, very soon. Um, uh, I'm I missed Queensland Beer Week this year, but um, but I will be up. You missed oh, a cracker, I, know, I have to I say. Know. Uh, I will I will be there next year. I make no no doubt about that. Um, but you'll see me up in, up your way before the end of the year, and uh, looking forward to it. Prof, we might
0: just—I uh, don't think we need to add any more to this. It's been a fantastic chat. It's been you know, fascinating to, to listen to. I think we can just uh, sort of strike up those uh, fat German guys.
1: Very much coming. so. I <laughs> mean, so. get our get our umphar t- 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 on. It's going on sale for uh, the Ballarat Beer Festival. Don't know if you're involved in that one, uh, Hendo, but yeah, um, we'll be there. But, yeah, 19th of 19th of January next year. It's going to uh, be awesome. Get around it.
0: And Prof is going to be running a beer education class or a beer, a beer, educa- un- beer university. A beer
1: education called? tent. Oh,
0: cool. A beer education <laughs> tent. Oh, uh, to That, that a certainly tent. sounds better. Than, <laughs> it sounds a little uh, better than the old just drinking and
1: fighting. Don't get too excited. It's just a two-man pup tent, and I'll, I'll just be having one person at a time. We're just going to have a chat about beer. <laughs> but, uh, well, I am um, to end becomes... that,
2: mate, and if it just means we, we, we drink beer with, with the punters and, and give them hey, a shout.
1: Done. Done. <laughs> That'd be cool. All right, it's a date. But uh, good, good to talk good, to you good guys. Good luck to the future, mate. We look forward to uh, what, the, what the next uh, phase of, of Southern Bay Southern Bay Brewings twenty four years. Thank uh, you very much, guys.
2: Next beer coming out is Hot Bazooka IPA, which is coming out in October, and uh, that's going to be a five that, high five percent IPA. Is that going to be a hoppy hoppy beer that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done my malt, good. bit of malt with the Metalhead Porter. And so uh, I'm back on the hops now.
1: Beautiful.
0: Now, to, can, can we give away one of the Hopsuka T-shirts? Because that's, uh, that was a high-demand item when uh, you were wearing them down at yes. Good Beer Week.
2: Yes, I've got... Do you reckon we
0: can score one or two I've, of those I've to got, give away?
2: Um, I've got Hop Bazooka T-shirts. I've got um, Metalhead Robust Porter T-shirts. I don't know if you've seen the label for that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good cool one and um i've got um, requiem um t-shirts as well
0: Could we give oh. away one, one of each of those to reward anybody that's uh, stuck with us this far <laughs> into the
2: podcast of course you can you just get in okay, okay. With well there lady.
0: you go we might oh no or well, just shoot us just shoot us an email at editor at au yep. and uh tell us uh which brewery steve henderson works at um there we that go. That, that'll see if anyone's still Done. listening.
1: Done. You, you send us some T-shirts and we'll send you some uh, R7 for, that, uh, for the, the squeaky door.
2: Yep. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs>
0: okay, guys. We're out of here. We'll talk to everybody hopefully this time next week.
1: Done.
3: See you all. Strike up the band. Let's get out of here. Let's go drink some beer. There's a garden. What a garden. Only happy.